So if you've been following me recently, you'll have heard me be talking a lot about having non-negotiables set in stone when you're planning stuff for your business. Um, If you join me for the last episode, episode number 16, I talked about how I planned out my next 12 months, the year 2022, but I started with my personal non-negotiables and then structured everything around that because I believe that if we don't put them first, they will automatically slide straight to the back of the queue. They won't sit somewhere in the middle. It's either first or last. There's really no kind of two ways about it. And um, I'm in a position right now where I'm very, very fortunate to enjoy a work-life, I don't want to say balance because nothing ever feels really balanced, but a work-life combination that feels like it fits really neatly around my values and my ethics and what I think is important. And I'm talking about mansions and flashcards and all that kind of crap. I'm talking about being a present parent, having space to be connected with my husband, having personal projects, having really fulfilling work, Um, working with people who are really good, community-focused, really well-intentioned people. All the people that I work with, the kind of work that I do, the opportunities I'm exposed to, all sort of fit in really snugly and really comfortably around my values and my beliefs and my non-negotiables. And I was trying to figure out the other day kind of where all this began because I would love for that combination for so many people I know who seem to be kind of running around like headless chooks with businesses. They kind of created a monster they now have to feed every day. So I was thinking, how can I sort of, where did it start for me? And how can I give some of that to other people so they can maybe start engineering stuff that way too? So that's what we're doing in this episode. I'm going to take you back probably about eight years now. And I'm going to sort of walk you through how starting small and starting very simple with my non-negotiables then grew and expanded and solidified to the level of fulfillment, I guess, I have today. And even if you can implement some part of that in your life to make you feel as fulfilled and as balanced, for lack of a better word, um, and lit up by what it is you do every day, not saying that every day is easy, some days are shockers, some days are hard, but that's 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 the deal raising families and raising kids it's kind you don't really get away from that but if overarchingly you have this greater sense of purpose and everything you do is aligned more closely to your values and your beliefs and what you feel is a non-negotiable then that's what I want for you and that's what I want for you to take away from this episode so we can achieve this greater sense of passion this greater sense of comfortability with what it is that we've chosen to do every day so without further ado let's jump on in You're listening to Taking Back Joy, a more than marketing podcast. This is where we dive into how to market your regional and rural small business sustainably without being stuck to your screen. I'm your host, Meredith Page, and I was born and raised in a small town full of fantastic small businesses, and now I'm doing the same with my own family. I'm a marketing coach, a mum and a wife, and I want to share with you everything I've learned and I'm still learning about juggling a family, business growth, mental well-being and healthy boundaries. Here we market smarter, not harder, so we can take the busyness out of our businesses. If you're running a small business, raising small humans, and trying to make a big difference in a small town, you're in the right place. This is Taking Back Joy. In the last 12 to 18 months, and when I say that, I say that in the context of the hype of the COVID mania that's taking over the world, it's currently late January 2022. So just to give you a bit of a time preference for that. So yeah, in the last 12 to 18 months, I've really come to appreciate all the years I spent refining my personal non-negotiables and how they ended up 
inadvertently influencing the trajectory my career took. Um, I find myself in a position now where my where my work really sits comfortably around the personal non-negotiables that I have on a pedestal that I really want to make sure eat first in my life. And um, the more and more that things change and things become really um, not unstable but go through these really sort of bumpy transitions from one thing to the next, as curveballs come flying out of nowhere, which they do in business anyway, I've really... I've become so much more grateful each time that happens because what started out as a really kind of scary um, inclination to put myself on what I thought was important first has now meant that I've attracted stuff into my space that only continues to support that. And, um, and I'm now in a position where I wish, I wish more people had what I had. I wish more people had the, the flexibility of family time um, I wish they enjoyed their work as much as what I enjoy what I do every day. I wish wish more people had the benefit of working with the kinds of people I get to work with every day. I just I'm I feel inc- I feel so completely grateful to the p- position I'm in right now. And I wish more more small business people had this. I wish more of them had greater time flexibility, greater balance. Um businesses that were geared more towards their personal values and their non-negotiables rather than having to rejig their family and their personal stuff around the business, you know. So to that end, I wanted to share a little snippet of how I got here in the hopes that maybe it can help you start to reshape what it is you've got going on so it fits more around you and you're not trying to fit more around your obligations um, insofar as simply making more money and making sure everything fits around that. So I think the one of the biggest non-negotiables that I didn't even feel like I necessarily decided on, I mean, it was a decision at some point, but one of the biggest non-negotiables that I had in my life that's really brought me to where I am now is the idea that I did not want my kids in daycare full-time. Now, I can't I can't say enough how much that is not about throwing shade on parents who have had to put their kids in daycare full time. Um, You've got to do what you've got to do and you've got to work with what's in front of you. Um, Again, which is why I'm grateful that I was kind of wired the way that I am, that this this became a non-negotiable for me. And like through a series of circumstances, it became clear that it was possible if I pushed in the right direction. Um, So if you're listening to this right now and you've had to put your kids at daycare full-time, please don't think that I'm looking down at you. Like, Or the only thing I would want anyone to take away from this is a way to not have to do that because I know there's the vast majority of parents out there would much prefer to feel like they're the ones that are most present in their kids' lives throughout those days. And the daycare is just there to kind of support and provide breaks and space. So to give you an idea of... Where how I got into the headspace where that was a non-negotiable. Um, without beca- without this becoming like a psychotherapy session, um, I had a pretty sort of wishy-washy kind of relationship with my mum, and I kind of wish that it had been a bit more supportive, especially through my teenage years, where we all go through stuff as teenagers. But it didn't really feel like there was any room there for me to kind of use her as an emotional support. Um, On the flip side, I've always had a fantastic relationship with my dad, and my dad's always felt very present. Um, It's just a shame that, being my dad, I didn't feel like I could ever open up to him about stuff that was very, like, female going through teenage years-centric, but that's okay. He's always been there in other ways, and um, so I think from those two kind of parallel experiences of parents, 
I think I always had it in my head that I've always wanted to be a very present parent. I've always wanted to be very engaged with my kids, know what's going on, notice stuff early, be there to pivot and change if they need me to help them do that, and just constantly be there and have my finger on the pulse. That was the kind of parent I always wanted to be. So um, a couple of years after I met my then boyfriend, now husband, um, we always had it in mind where we wanted to move out of the western suburbs of Sydney and moved to a small town just north of Newcastle to do the family thing. Um, so we managed to, but I, because I'd gone to university and I'd done a degree, I wanted to make sure I wasn't moving away from the opportunity to still implement that. So because I'd spent three years slogging it out trying to get a degree, I didn't, then didn't want to move away from all the opportunities to apply that and then go back to working behind a bar or in a restaurant or retail. Nope, nothing wrong with those jobs, but it would have felt like a bit of a waste to me having done a degree to then go and move away to a town to work in those industries again. Like a waste, and a waste of 30 grand, let's be honest, or however much it cost. Um, so hopefully you can't hear that whippersnipper too much. So I, find I got an opportunity to work in a very small print shop in a very small town north of Newcastle. Um, and so my husband was quite flexible in that he's worked in construction, so he could kind of pick up machinery labouring jobs whenever we needed to. So we made the very bumpy transition out of Western Sydney and into this very small, beautiful country town, which I now love to absolute bits. Um, so in that, it meant a transition away from the kind of money you can earn in the big, the big smoke, I guess you'd call it. Um, and that's one thing I would, another thing I would love to drill down on one day is your how much having a, a, a really sort of practical relationship with money and the lifestyle you want can really help guide you to better decision making. Like so, for example, we just we sort of left Sydney at the tip of the sort of property boom, so we did quite well selling our property in Sydney, and it meant we had a lot um, had quite a bit of a budget to spend when we came to a small town where the property boom hadn't quite reached yet, um, and we could have bought a much bigger house than what we have now, but. We um we kind of kept within our means. We got just enough. So we've only got like a little three-bedroom house. It's only got one bathroom. That's, you know, it's enough, It's in, but it's in a really good spot. We're in walking distance to practically everything, including the freaking ocean. Um, so what we did is we kind of went, well, we don't need a massive house, but we do need a location. Um, and what that ended up meaning is subsequently when things like COVID happened and my husband lost his job, we weren't mortgaged up to our eyeballs and so the stress wasn't on. Like it was uncomfortable and a bit concerning, but we didn't need to hit the panic button the minute he lost his job. So that mindset really paid dividends down the track when we realized we needed that financial buffer. So that's a whole other, I feel like that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down. But suffice to say, we moved out of Sydney. We, we bought like a modest house that we could easily and comfortably afford while we kind of found our feet um, because we knew we were going to be cutting our finances almost in half by moving away from the kind of money you could earn in Sydney because it also equated to things like overtime and extra shifts and stuff like that. So then we moved to the smaller town, I would say it was probably early 2014, um, and then we also got married overseas. There was a cyclone. We bought and sold houses. The print shop that I was working at shut up shop and closed down. And within all of a space of about six months, oh, and then we fell pregnant with our first kid. So that'll happen. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? So all that happened within the first, within about three or four months of, from the start of 2014. So then 2015, I found, so I found another job as a graphic designer, um, which is what I've been trained to do initially. was also doing freelance work, so I was 
I think, well, this and this is another interesting thing. So the job that I moved away from Sydney to was only four days a week. That's all he could give me because little did I know the business was kind of at a point where I was almost needing to wind up. Um, so at the moment, at, when I signed up, he was going to give me four days a week. So I accidentally fell into the notion of only working four days a week. And I loved it. Like we could make things work if we rejigged the finances a bit. And I had... I had so much better balance. Like I could, I had a day to myself and then we had the weekends together and it was, that was like my first accidental exposure to not committing to this nine to five Monday to Friday mentality. And I never really frankly went back. So uh, then I found another job and because the four days a week had been working so well, I asked if I could still go to four days a week and they were like, well, okay. Another ace I had up my sleeve is because my first gig out of university was the working for the Penrith Panthers. So I'd actually worked as a graphic designer within their marketing department. And through that, I'd accrued a bit of marketing experience and knowledge. And so I'd become a quite a good package to invest in as a business owner, because I had the graphic design skills, I had the degree, I had practical, like the practical experience. And I'd also had exposure to marketing theory, which meant that when things were quiet, I could then do a bit for marketing the company for which I worked. So again, I'd inadvertently made myself a really good package deal for anyone looking for someone who was design savvy, who knew about print marketing, who also knew about digital marketing and who had, who'd had experience in graphic design within the context of marketing a business. So it actually gave me a lot of negotiating power when I went to subsequent jobs and asked for this four day a week or asked for flexibility because they could see in me the potential to grow their business through me with what I knew. So I'd again fallen sort of ass backwards into a really great situation that put me in a really good position to negotiate for more of what I wanted. So I'd accidentally been exposed to the four day working four days a week moving up here which I found out I loved and was much better suited to. And then for subsequent jobs, I knew that the four days a week was what I wanted and I knew how much how much money I needed per hour to make that viable. And I knew I had a pretty desirable sort of skill set package for someone of my age. So I made sure the money I kind of set as the threshold was reasonable. So it was kind of like based on what someone I could do was worth. But it also made sense for our internal finances so that four days a week could still work for me. And then that's what I went into these interviews proposing. And I also knew too because I had the gift of the gab, let's be honest. Shutting up is not one of my strong points. I actually got really good at interviews as well. So what I started finding was that I got more and more confident asking for what suited me in exchange for presenting what I could do for that business. And being able to talk confidently about the skill set I knew that I had, the experience that I knew that I had, and what I wanted in exchange for bringing that experience to the table made these interviews less of an interview and more of a, okay, how do we make this work for everyone kind of discussion. So even if you're not looking to start a business, but you're just looking to move into a better role, if you can find a way to engineer this conversation so it sounds, you start guiding the conversation to more like, a, okay, well, how does this work for everyone rather than a, please, sir, can I have a job? you'll find the dynamic in the room shifts and it's almost like you getting the job as a foregone conclusion. It's just a matter of what does it look like. Um, so then I got to put my, had my first son and, um, yeah, that, as everyone who has kids will know, it throws you for a six on a lot of levels. But again, I was just re reminded by the idea that I want to be present for this kid. I can't go back to full-time work and then obviously the topic of daycare came up 
And as anyone else who knows, daycare is expensive to the point of pointless sometimes. And that's no shade on the daycare centres. Like I've, I found a fantastic daycare, like who had such an influence over my early parenting and philosophies and things like that around food and habits and play and brilliant daycare centre. But when you're on minimum wage, you quickly get to this tipping point where you're only earning enough money to pay for daycare just to get you out of the house. So it kind of becomes almost null and void. What you get to keep once you've paid for daycare starts getting small to the point of pointless. So this is, and this was a, this was a really interesting lesson in staying humble because I had to scale back my, um, I had to scale back my part-time job to two days a week at that point um, because that's all, that's, that's all I could justify as far as daycare goes. So I ended up scaling that back to two days a week. And then I picked up um, a job working in a local restaurant um, just to sort of make up the difference until I kind of figured out what was next. Um, so, like, and like I could have kind of gotten on my high horse at that point going, no, I have a degree, I'm qualified, I'm not working in a restaurant again, and kind of dug myself into an ego hole. But... Yeah, I had to kind of think about it as a sideways step and not a backwards step. And what it did is it allowed me to make up the difference financially. It allowed me to be present for my son and have the flexibility of days where, okay, he was at daycare a couple of days a week, but in the rest of the rest of the days we got to hang out and then he'd stay at home and have dad time while I worked in the restaurant. I think I was doing like three or four shifts, night shifts a week. Um, and then I was doing freelance work around that, which was, again, all just part of building the picture of what my life looks like now. I was acquiring all these business and freelance skills. I was then going out and working in a small business, which was also really, really lovely. I worked with some fantastic people there. They actually offered me management level management level role, but role, which was flattering and lovely. Um, but I'd done that before. I knew what it looked like when you went to management level in hospitality. You quickly lost the rest of your life. So I said, no, thank you. I just wanted to be entry-level staff. I didn't want any extra responsibilities. I just wanted to be able to chat to the customers and make them feel welcome. Man, I cleaned up in tips. Like they, they used to sort of, everyone used to roll their eyes when I'd find a table to talk to right when they were packing up because I knew I was cleaning up for tips. They knew they weren't getting out of there anytime soon. So and it was great. I loved it. Like I loved being able to go back in that environment and without the responsibility of supervising and cash handling and staff management, I was just one of the guys just talking to customers and talking about food and serving people. And I didn't regret it at all. Like it didn't feel like a backward step at all. It was amazing. And again, it was just a really nice connection back into what eventually became the kinds of people I now work with as a small business marketer. It, not only that, through that business, I actually met one of my really now really good friends who's got a son that's exactly one month younger than mine, and they've grown up pretty much grown up together, and they hang we hang out as much as possible. She's become an amazing friend for me, so I acquired this really amazing friend through the pro through that process. Um, I've actually done that every every job I've been at ever since being in this small town. I seem to have acquired like a business bestie as I've gone along. So. I really I mean sometimes really crappy stuff happens in life but I feel like a lot of the time the universe sends you what you need and it's just you've just got to look for the meaning in it and you've got to look for the way it's meant to make your life move forward. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in here real quick and let you know about my brand new mastermind, The Exit Strategy. This is a marketing mastermind where we keep each other accountable, we set the plans, we set our strategies for our content, and the whole idea is about keeping ourselves accountable to the bigger picture game plan and constantly trying to stay ahead of the game when it comes to marketing and promoting our small businesses. 
because when we have a bigger picture strategy like this, it allows us to keep our eyes on the big prize and not allow ourselves to get stuck in the success or failure of individual posts or emails or things like that. And in doing so, we'll put faith and the right energy into the daily and weekly actions we're taking now, knowing that it's not about what we're just doing today. It's about what we're doing for the long term that's really going to make it count. If you'd like to jump in and join me in this monthly marketing mastermind where we get together once a month via Zoom, we set our intentions, we check in with these big picture plans, and then we make sure that we're staying on top of our monthly to-do list in terms of our marketing, head over to my website and sign up today. The founding member pricing of just $35 a month is only going to be available to the end of January 2022. So if you want to secure your place in my monthly marketing mastermind for this low rate, because it won't be this low again, uh, make sure you head over to my website now and sign up. All right, let's jump back into the podcast. So after working in the restaurant for a little bit, I actually only needed to be there six months too. So I worked all the way through winter, which was great because it was quiet. And then just before it got busy towards Christmas, I think it might have been about October, I um I found another graphic design gig that was going to offer me better pay. Um, I was able to go. To, I was going to be able to go to I think three or four days a week. I can't remember at that point. I think it might have been four days a week. Um, and so I was able to, and that was able, that was going to be enough for me to justify paying for daycare and also be keeping enough to make it realistic. Um, and I still had that one day a week to spend one-on-one time with my son. So I said, thank you to the restaurant owner, um, who was lovely to work, work for. And I learned a lot of him. Really, really interesting guy. Um, went to work in as a graphic designer for a signage company. So again, broadening my skill set, I was now graphic designer. Like it was designed for engineering. So I actually got to work with the engineers at the site within the factory for fabricating signage, and learnt a lot about a um, lot about that side of things. Which again, building up my skill set. Um, I was still freelancing, and the kinds of work I was getting freelancing was building and building and building. Um, and then I started at that job doing that in various forms for about three years that was probably the longest stretch of like paid employment I'd had um yeah and it, it was a lovely job like they were really 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 fun guys to work with it's a great environment I learned heaps I got to try heaps the guy that ran that business was um was very good at giving people freedom to just grow and try stuff and like if it didn't work that's fine you know you you, you try stuff everyone learns something and we'll move on so but always in the back of my head was this four days a week that's it I'm that that that's all that's all I can do because I have this other non-negotiable that's more important that's my relationship with my son and that never that never stopped me from getting these these better jobs these better situations working with fantastic people it just it never stood in the way and I think because I'd kept growing my skill set through each subsequent job as well as growing my skill set through freelancing and trying stuff working with clients um and maybe the restaurant might have helped me hone my sort of conversational skills. I kept going into these interviews with this idea of, all right, well, I've got I've got some skills that can really help your business. I only need four days a week out of you. How do we make this work? And the interviews kept becoming these, how do we make this work conversations, not please, sir, can I have a job? So after my second son was born in 2018, um, I went out my own for a little bit. Um, learned a lot of really sort of hard and fast lessons about working for yourself and flying solo. Um, and it did work for a bit until, um, until I'd gotten myself into a position where I was too reliant on one client that then ceased the contract. And look, that's fine. 
Um, those things happen. But I didn't realize I'd ended in my business to be so reliant on that one client. And so when they left, it left a gaping hole in my business. And um, that was a really interesting sort of turning point because I was like, look, is this a sign from the universe that maybe working for myself isn't it? Maybe I'm on, because I'd been quite stressed at that point too. I was, I hadn't gotten a really good, in a really good headspace about money and planning then. I was still in that headspace of just make more, got to make more, 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 more. I had a really shocking relationship with money and growth at that point. Now that I, re- looking back, I now realize that. And um, so I thought, now, now that I've got two kids and I've been freelancing for years and working part-time for years and now I've gone solo but now I've sort of hit this fork in the road, do I really want to keep working for myself or am I kind of just meant to be part-time and freelancing? Is that what it's supposed to look like for me and is, is that okay, you know? So um, so I went and found another another part-time job. It was only three days a week because that's, that's all I wanted. Um, they wanted more out of me but... Um, now, I can't remember, was it three days or four? No, it was only three days a week because I had enough work to sustain one day a week and I still wanted my one, my one day was my one non-negotiable still. So three days a week and um, it was a really hard, fast, fast-paced environment, high stakes, high stress and as much as the people I worked alongside every day were lovely and funny and smart and hardworking, the whole ethos of the place was could not be could not be less aligned with me. Like I'd reached a point, especially working for myself, where I felt I I knew I could work fast. I didn't enjoy working fast. I knew that no one does their best work when they're under the pump and pressured for time. I I learnt learnt a long time ago that you can have speed, quality, and price, but you can't have all three. But these guys were ter- determined to do all three, and I knew that wasn't. I know that's not sustainable for people on a day to day basis. You can't you can't deliver quality speed and price infinitely it will just it will something you'll have to give um and yeah it was just a very like it was just a very breakneck pace and really high pressure high stakes and I just it it just did not align with me some for some people they love working in that challenging environment I was not it was it was just so jarringly obvious to me that it wasn't um it wasn't it was not suited to me at all um, just not not the way my brain works, not the way I'm interested in spending every day in that kind of that, that kind of pace or that kind of pressure. Nope, no thank you. But because I'd then now fallen into this space of all right, well now I've engineered my life that I need this three days a week and the little bit that I do around the edges. Well, I guess this is it for a while. But I could feel it really starting to wear me down. Um, and then. And because subsequently I was still trying to grow. So then when I decided, look, this isn't for me, I need to really grow my business back up again to step back out of this. I was trying to build up my work on the side to make it sustain, make it substantial enough that I could then step back out of paid employment and working for myself again, which meant a lot of working at night, a lot of working on weekends, a lot of lack of sleep, a lot of stress, a lot of just not good things for the family vibe. And it was starting to really take a toll on all of us. Like mornings with two kids trying to get out of the house, it was always a fight. It was always screaming and yelling and one or more of us would end up in tears and I just, and then when I, on the three days that I did work, I picked my kids up from daycare again and it'd be the same in reverse. It'd be bath time, dinner time, screaming, tears, crying, tantrums, the whole shebang. And I remember thinking, this isn't, this isn't what I was, this isn't what it's meant to look like. This wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. And this isn't how, I haven't worked this hard to get here. Like I, this isn't, this isn't where I wanted to end up. 
And um, there was one particular morning where I was um, incredibly tired. Like, uh, on top of all this, my, my then, what was he, two-year-old? Um, yeah, he was coming up until he was, one, well, he was about one and a half. He was sleeping like crap, like absolute crap. We all know what it feels like when you've got a bad sleeper in the house. Everyone suffers. So I've been working late at night to cover off the freelance work. I was still doing like the three days a week plus working during the day on the fourth day. He was sleeping like rubbish and I was tired. And so we were driving to preschool one day and um, I'd nearly missed the turn off for the first kid to drop off because one was going to, one was starting big school at that point and one was still at daycare and I nearly missed the big school drop off first. And I realised it just at the last moment and so I swerved across the roundabout to still make the turn off. And had a car been st- had a car been in that lane waiting to enter the roundabout, I would have completely cleaned them up and it would have been carnage. Um, and that that is probably the the to- I suppose that's one of those moments when the universe has really stepped in and slapped me in the face and gone, "Y'all need to change something or something's going to break." So that was a very much the universe has spoken moment. I was kind of in a bit of a daze for the rest of the day at work, and then that night I came home to my husband and I said, "Look." You know how I've been saying that this time is soon going to come where I have to go back and work for myself again? And he said, yes. And I'm like, well, now's that time. I had that experience today. So we sat down and we ran the numbers and we sort of looked at it and went, okay, the oldest one's in school now. He's at a public, sc- a public school, so there's minimal costs involved there. We now only have the daycare expenses for our youngest. Um, if I can make this much a month... Um, that will uh, that will mean that we've we're, I'm kind of all meeting the financial obligations that I've got. We've kind of set aside. We, we'd been living on a certain me making a certain amount for a certain amount of time, so I knew that was the threshold I needed to hit. So it was a case if I can be making that much a week, um, and if daycare's costing this much, then it still makes sense. We're still taking home the, the same difference that it would have been with this current situation. We're still making the right amount of difference financially for it to make sense. Okay. How confident do I feel I can do that? Pretty damn confident to try. So my non-negotiable there was not just about making sure. So I'd managed to get my first son off to school, not having gone to daycare full-time at all. There might have been a couple of weeks towards the end of the year just to get him used to the idea of five days a week of school. But he'd gone through his entire preschool years not going full-time. Success as far as I'm concerned. Now I needed to make sure I could do it with the second one. And um, that was still very much non-negotiable for the second one too. So with that in mind, I went in, I told him exactly what happened and I gave him two weeks' notice and I said, look, I'm, if I keep doing this, I'm going to wrap myself and my family around a tree or a telegraph pole. So sorry, I really appreciated this opportunity. I've learned a lot again because it was a different kind of design again. So once again, super grateful for every, all the knowledge I was able to accrue whilst working there. But um, I said, no, sorry, I can't can't do this anymore and it did not once cross my mind to give up freelancing and work more like and now I think about looking back that that might have been the, the first option that a lot of people would have thought of gone look I'll can the freelancing I'll can the side work I'll just pick up another day here and I'll get my sleep back at night and I'll just I'll just accept whatever this job pays me and I think because that was not an option I think it was because the, well, the environment just certainly didn't suit the way that I like to think and the way that I like to work. And that was almost, I think, the universe saying to it, it's like, look, if you don't make this work, if you don't find a way to work for yourself, this is what you're in for, you know. 
You don't get to call the shots on who you who you work with. You don't get to call the shots on the values that of the people that you work with. And again, I'm not saying I work with bad people. They're lovely, kind, very smart, very hardworking. It was just the environment and the, the ethos of that workplace that just did not align with me at all. But flip side, the the my small business clients absolutely lit me up. They were just the best best class of people. They were. And everything felt like it was a measured pace. They, when they came to me for like marketing design work, it was measured. It was about, I'm planning for six months time. Everything was about taking really measured smart steps now for future reference, not doing anything in a panic. And I love working like that. I love sitting down, coming up with the strategy, what, what all the moving part looks like, looks like, what's our timeline. And now let's implement at a really smart pace. I'd gotten a taste of that and I knew that was how I wanted to work here on in. If it could work, I was going to make it work. So now my non so that non-negotiable that started out with just me wanting to be a present parent when I eventually became a parent to then wanting to sustain that four days a week because I knew that fifth day gave me that one-on-one time that I really needed and the four days a week meant that the three days a week were covered the three days a week I had off were covered and we, you know, we could live comfortably. We didn't have to live flash, but we lived comfortably. Um, and then I got more confident in the skill set that I could bring to the table. So then I got more confident in asking for a situation that I knew what worked for me. And then eventually I realized that I had to make the leap and back myself if I was going to really have a life that aligned with my values and allowed me to work with people whom aligned with the same values that I did and was going to allow me to be a present parent. So this non set of non-negotiables I had really kind of grew and expanded and solidified over time. And they really and because I had success along the way in securing really good opportunities around them, I, I only it made me more comfortable asking for them because it's like, well, the last place I worked for said it was okay for me to only work four days a week. They understood as long as I sort of brought my A game the other days, well, I should ask again. So it was this constant repetition of knowing what I wanted, knowing the value that I had and asking for what I wanted in exchange for what I could do. It was constantly doing that over and over again. That really gave me the confidence to ask of the world what it is that I wanted. I knew that it was worthy of asking for. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, funny little side sort of end note to that was that I made the final decision to cut all ties with paid employment and hopefully to this day still never look back. And that, so my last month of working in a paid job was February, um, 2020, um, right before COVID came to town. And yeah, and I'll tell that story another day. That was like a month. There was like this blissful month where I spent with my then, what was he, 22-year-old and still had these fantastic clients. Everything was sunshine and roses and then COVID came to town. And look, I'm still standing. I still have a fantastic business. I still have fantastic people that I deal with. A lot of them have had a really rough couple of years and that's that's been the hardest thing for me, seeing people that I care about and admire and respect suffer. But as far as I'm concerned I'm still here in the best position I could be in still have a fantastic relationship with my kids and my husband who's a frigging rock star to be honest um and I really have that little seed of me wanting to be a present parent all those years ago I really have that to thank so if you could take anything away from this this episode um to create a life that 
is more aligned to your values, provides you more balance, and makes you feel like you're the one calling the shots, and makes makes you feel like what you want is actually worthy of wanting, and you deserve it, and it's possible. If you could take anything away to put you in that direction, it w- it would be that is that have a really have a really good think about just like if money was no object, throw money out the freaking window for a second. What is what is it that you really want? to do and what is it that you want to really look back on have been grateful that you did um and then recognize that that's worthy of pursuing and that's worthy of putting first like making more money is not why we're here you know the money money is just the end to the means we really kind of need to distangle distangle ourselves from what might we think money means to us what you know the, the flash lifestyle we think money can get us if you have something within you that you feel like is a higher non-negotiable than that, but you're kind of scared that pursuing it might put you out, all I can say from my own experience is that by having my my little non-negotiable, my desire to be a present parent, by having that as like my guiding light for the last, oh gosh, my son's just turned seven, so having that as my guiding light for the last over seven, seven or eight years, all it's done is attract really high quality experiences and people into my life because it's allowed me to gravitate the, towards the things that will be conducive um, to my values and it's made me, it's put a really good filter over the things that, no, this is not going to work, you know. And sometimes you get a little bit too tangled up in what doesn't work like I did with the most recent paid employment I had Um it just it was just completely misaligned and I had to live in that misalignment for a while to realize just how off it was and then the universe came in and went I don't know how much more time you need but here's a near car accident if you haven't got the message yet I don't know what else to tell you so yeah pay attention to the universe and pay attention to yourself because you know you know what you need to put first I'm just I suppose challenging you to do it and just see what happens stay stay safe guys and I'll speak to you next Thank you for joining me for another episode of Taking Back Joy. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave me a review because it helps me reach other small business owners just like you. The feedback I receive from listeners only makes me more determined to keep creating episodes that make your marketing more efficient and more effective without being stuck to your screen. Thanks, guys. See you next week.